check, check. Hey, Andrew. I heard somebody's been sharing our stream already. I don't think we can do call outs on Tower Club episodes, Mm-mm. mostly because it's more work than I'm willing to put in. Well, and the drop, the call out like music, that's in the tower. You keep yes. that. Oh, that's right. Those are all uh, on analog tapes. Because canonically, we, run. we do record these in my house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Instead these, of the tower episodes, I do have a group of people to call out, and that's our Tower Club members, <laughs> or at least some of them, <laughs> who are sharing the RSS feed. We know you're doing it. <laughs> there are more downloads of the episode than there are subscribers, and not like a few more. <laughs> it's almost twice as many downloads <laughs> as there are subscribers. That that actually makes me kind of feel good. It does. That, it does that make me feel uh, good too. We're successful enough to have uh, bootlegged. <laughs> what little frustration I feel is is very mild. Like it's more <laughs> flattering than anything else. But also, if you're listening to this and you didn't pay for it, please, please consider paying for it. It's for a good cause. At least, and like, throw a one-time donation yeah. at us. Like, it, we, we split it all up with, with the Ozarks Food Harvest. Mm. Any amount that and you feel is necessary for your bootleg RSS feed. Yeah. Please. I don't even feel... I wouldn't say I feel entitled to it or anything like that, but, you know, we devote a ton of time uh, to putting the show together. I do. <laughs> The sure. show Dan does too. No, to uh, physically sure. like putting the parts of the show together, you definitely devote a lot of time to that. <laughs> well, you also have to, you had to eat at three restaurants for this. Uh-huh. Had yeah. to. Yeah. Had to oh, suffer yeah. through it. Within the last few days, one of them, <laughs> twice. But uh, anyway, I, I'm just saying if you're listening and you didn't pay for it, please consider. Please consider paying for it. We would really appreciate it. That's all. That's yeah. All. And all I'm saying is if I find out about <laughs> you doing it, it's on site. You, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want Andy to have to edit the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that we have at least one couple where both members of the couple uh, pay for their own subscriptions. See, and now that I I find unnecessary. Uh, If you're (laughs) coupled up, that's that's joint finances. That's joint RSS. Definitely live together (laughs) and uh, (laughs) probably don't need to be doing it. Let's say one RSS feed <laughs> per household. Yeah. But yeah. also, like, maybe they listen to it separately mm-hmm. so they don't want the file to delete after or one maybe of them listened to it. Don't you know. know. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, <laughs> let's certainly not tip them off to it. <laughs> I'm editing all of that out. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. What? I feel like we should probably have some clause. Maybe you have to be married to share the RSS. Oh, that's feed. right. No, so li- if they're not legally wed by the the state, right. yeah, then we don't recognize them as if a, they're living in sin. Uh, yes, yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you may not share an RSS feed. Maybe yeah. I'll take this. Sounds like the kind of legislation Josh Hawley would be really into. Josh Hawley, I let's talk about him. What a what a beautiful little man. <laughs> A, s- a small man. Pocket size. Uh, <laughs> him and uh, all the little elves up on Dum uh, Dum Mountain. Dum Dum Mountain. <laughs> keep, keep digging. I, I, I'm, j- I'm just trying to uh, censor myself My, from the ugly language. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
uh, my new deal on Twitter is every time he tweets something stupid, which is often, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm tweeting an ugly dog at him. <laughs> Just a picture <laughs> of an ugly dog. <laughs> I've started to do a pretty dumb thing on Twitter as well, uh, where anytime somebody posts a picture of Josh Gad, <laughs> underneath that I post a picture of Steve Gad. Uh, the drummer from uh, Steely Dan That's for a time. So hyper specific. Uh, just prolific drummer. Uh, That's only for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> my my uh, ugly dogs for Holly campaign has gotten a little <laughs> bit of attention, a like here or there. People appreciate what I'm doing. Oh goodness, a like here or there. Is is there anything else that you or I could ask for? Well, you know the the like I got today. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, Billy Baldwin liked one of my tweets. <laughs> The re- actual Billy Baldwin, brother of Alec, yes. liked a tweet that I made about uh, Kurt Schilling. Now, <laughs> if if you want to know which Baldwin that is, I, it's obviously not Alec. Uh-huh. Everybody knows that. It's not Stephen, the the like kind of weirdo Fox News, like real Christian one. Yeah. Uh, it's not Adam, who's not one of the brothers and is also pretty awful. Uh-huh. It's not Daniel, because I don't, I don't know what he looks like, but I do know that he exists. It's the other one. So... <laughs> The one that you're picturing right now, I feel maybe he's the second most famous Baldwin. I think he is for yeah, sure. I feel like he's above yeah. Stephen, but beyond some Stephen antics and uh-huh. like surreal life, I think Stephen was on. Uh, beyond that, I think Billy's got him. <laughs> Billy's got him. Yeah, I mean that that uh, concludes our new monthly segment, the uh, Baldwin check-in, where we <laughs> rank the hierarchy of the uh, Baldwin brothers. <laughs> so. Oh boy, we should we should make that a monthly segment oh, for yeah, sure. Absolutely, yeah. Just exclusive to Tower Club episodes <laughs> as well. <laughs> uh, I want to uh, make a shout out to a, a Tower Club member. Uh, wow. Tim got engaged. Oh my uh, god! To Emily, this, Tim or, and Emily. The, I think it was a few weeks ago, but they announced it this weekend, which is really cool. So congratulations, you two. Man, Tim um, got engaged. Does your mom know? I forgot my dad's <laughs> name's Tim, and he also he also listens. I just realized they could be some of the ones who are sharing the RSS feeds. Oh, they they're allowed to be. Maybe they're sharing it with Jeffrey and the the whole rest of you guys. You know what? That very well may be. Oh my goodness! Maybe we just <laughs> erroneously uh, called out all our listeners when it's just your family. But no, c- congratulations to uh, uh, Tim and Emily. I've not mm-hmm. met Emily. I've only met Tim a few times, but we know each other from music, and he's one of the few people that I, I I don't really know. That's really encouraging by all the music stuff and podcast stuff that I slash you and I have done mm-hmm. over the years. And so, uh, congratulations to them. Yeah. Tim and Emily, I bless your wedding. I bless your marriage. <laughs> and he uh, will accept an offer to officiate mm-hmm. if you ask him. Oh, absolutely. May your first <laughs> child be a masculine one. <laughs> and uh, all that. Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Uh-huh. I wonder what the origins of that word are. I don't know. Let's get on the internet right now <laughs> and find out. You know what? It's probably... Not very good, so we just <laughs> yeah, should not we should look have. it up. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. the, the, those things are best left, you know, mm-hmm. un, unresearched. Well, Dan, is there anything else we need to go over before we get into our restaurants for today? I don't think so. We had a fun past couple episodes doing our uh, first two victory laps. Yeah. I, I, I had a good time on both those mm-hmm. eps. Great guests. Got a text from my mom telling me that uh, Scotty Bobo made her laugh out loud and she couldn't stop laughing. That's fantastic. So. I Scotty Bobo, 
while the name came to me almost in a fever state, uh, <laughs> just real instantly, the character is one that I do with my lovely girlfriend, uh, whose name I w- won't say right now because it's just too long. KK? Uh, no. What? KK <laughs> Slider? K- yeah, Chris Christopherson <laughs> Slider. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that beautiful little dog from the game. Jeez, uh, no more Animal Crossing talk mm-hmm. ever. That that's gone from the show entirely. I'm so done with it. I'm I'm not entirely I've yet. Pretty but much finished the game. Finished what you can do in the yeah, game. Yeah. Oh, I so. noticed. I know. I noticed you won't play anymore. We'll talk about that later. No, let's not. Other game. <laughs> talk about other games I've been eating with my eyes and ears. Instead, what was I saying? My lovely girlfriend. Yeah. Something about her, mm. of course. And she she did something. You remember where? Yeah, where this you were talking was about going? Scotty Bobo. Oh yeah, that's a great bit that I do with my lovely girlfriend, and and that she does. Just little kids in stores trying mm-hmm. to convince their parents to buy them something. That's that's pretty much all I have to say about that. That's the thing about your girlfriend. A couple times, a couple times I've heard her talk. Real funny. Oh, hilarious! Yes, <laughs> she, it's almost like she would make a great. One of those female characters that we've been searching uh-huh. for on the show, but uh, <laughs> alas, never going to happen. <laughs> we, we're looking for characters that that are alas. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, I don't know. think that's any way to get <laughs> women to appear on the show, but uh, pretty good. Yeah. Thanks to Dustin, Doug, and Jared for coming on. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Ignited a firestorm. Mm-hmm. It actually didn't. Mm-hmm. No controversy a lot of at all. Comments. And then had a real good time hanging out with Shay. Oh, Always love having Shay on. Great episode. Great playlist. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite playlist we've ever put together. You think so? I, at least my songs. I really <laughs> liked my songs. <laughs> uh, Tower Club listeners, I did throw on a throw on a secret track. Just like I did in the last one. I really wish I was subscribed to the Tower Club <laughs> still so I could hear that full you know, uh, playlist. Just but. another song about being real sad. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> what, I, what I kind of songs are, right? You know? I don't sound like a sad guy, but I write those kind of songs. I don't know. It's, that's the deal. Hey, that you know, if, if you can't handle Andy at his sad songs, you won't get him at his non-existent songs. other songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some restaurants, Dan. We tried three this week. And I think we're going to start with uh, Niji Sushi and Bar, which is a new wow. place in the Galloway area. It sure is. <laughs> that, that area has changed a lot uh-huh. pretty recently, I feel. I think sometime we'll get into that, but you and I spent a significant amount of time. You even more than me because you grew up over there. Oh, absolutely. But we went to church in that area and uh, have watched it change over the years, and one day we will devote an episode to that. Yeah, I, I watched it change over a, over a matter of like a moment. I just went down there one day, and all of a sudden it looked like the Branson landing yeah. or something. Bizarre. Whatever it used to just be barren. Bizarre. But yeah, we will get much more into that in a later just banger of an episode. Well, there's an article in Feast Magazine written by somebody who's been on the show whose name I say too often, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to say it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, owner Michelle... Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, my pronunciation is terrible, but Michelle Hyun wants Niji to be a place where weary walker, weary, not weary, weary walkers can pop in from a day on the trails and unwind with a glass of wine and some sushi while taking in the lush green surroundings. She's worked to make Niji one with its surroundings. Decor includes greenery throughout the space, an open air patio, 
and wide picture windows to let in plenty of light, which is a pretty good description, I would say. It it's is. very bright in there, very, very. white. White and blue, like mm-hmm. a, a just bright blue. And they got a lot of really creative presentations of plants. Mm-hmm. Like they have shelving on the wall, but it's devoted to plants and then some hanging in different places. It's a really cool space. I thought sure. it was beautiful and one of the like most striking like dining areas I've I've walked into yeah. in a while. It's, and it's really, really nice. Got a lot of like very modern designed furniture, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, really pleasant, pretty upscale atmosphere in there. Does feel like it would be nice if if you popped off the trail, across the road there, and went in there for a glass of wine and some sushi before you get back on your walk. Yeah, in the in the nice hot sun. Sushi's good trail food, I think. I, oh yeah, it's so light. Good finger food, typically. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely, Andy. I like to put some in my pouch mm-hmm. and just uh, reach my hand in there, as you say, pop. <laughs> Pop a little sushi into my mouth <laughs> when I'm out there on the trail. Some trail sushi. <laughs> Dan's not going to get into what your what your pouch is. <laughs> uh, it's natural. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm part marsupial. Yes. Yes. The the, <laughs> the famous part of the marsupial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the pretty, most famous. Pretty much everything else is quite mammal like. <laughs> I, I had my big fat tail. <laughs> So let's get into what we ate in Niji. What'd you try, Dan? Let's do it, Andy. Started off with the Inari roll. I went here on lunch from from work one day and uh, thought it would be nice to get a little roll and maybe a small portion of one of their like hibachi Uh offerings. So I got the Inari roll. That's crab, shrimp, avocado, and masago. Eight pieces for five seventy five. Not a bad price no. on that. Uh, pretty tasty. Uh, not a whole lot going on there, but nice and fresh. Avocados are, of course, in season right now, um, and that avocado was tasting pretty good. Other than that, I'd say not a whole lot of flavor here. But I don't know. Sometimes with sushi, it's uh, it's more about that that freshness of it yep. than than necessarily like. Uh, a flavor-packed bite, but uh, I, yeah, I liked it just fine. I it, it wasn't my favorite like basic sushi roll that I've ever had, but uh, it it was it was good. I got a bento box. It was a dinner Ooh. bento box. I believe that was about thirteen dollars, and I ordered it with steak. Now, whenever I order a bento box, you know you expect to have a variety of different options, you know, uh, which is the whole idea. It's a box, Dan. Mm-hmm. See, with four to five compartments, and each compartment has its own uh, thing inside. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The compartments in this bento box it's had... It's like a nice lunchable. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it uh-huh. is like a lunchable. You're right. This had four compartments and then another little sauce compartment in the middle that had some sort of sweet teriyaki-ish sauce with some sesame seeds. Mm. Uh, drizzled. <laughs> They're not drizzled, yeah, but sesame seeds, sp- seeds sprinkled over the top. They were melted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At whatever temperature you have to what? get sesame seeds to to melt. Uh, and then you dr- they drizzled. Uh-huh. That's right. They melted the sesame seeds uh-huh. and drizzled. No, they were actual like toasted sesame seeds over the top of the sauce. Uh, steak, fried pot stickers, two of them, some fried rice, and four pieces of a California roll. Wow. I must say that I was slightly disappointed when I saw the proportions because this was a dinner bento box and there was not a whole lot of food on it. 
the steak had been cut into cubes that were, you know, maybe a centimeter and a half across. Mm-hmm. Pretty and tiny cubes. There were like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, not very much. This is like a, ch- it, it kind of seemed like a child's meal, to sure. be honest. Uh, I really did like those pot stickers a lot. They were fried uh, pretty thoroughly, but the breading, not the breading, but the outer layer was very thin. So it got a nice crunch and the inside still had the juicy pork. And I, I liked those. I thought those were really tasty. Also like the fried rice. It wasn't like spectacular fried rice or anything, but it had a little bit of a weedy quality to it. I mean, it might have been brown rice sure. and it had some peas and carrots in there too to give it a little bit different texture and flavor. I thought that was pretty tasty. Uh, the California roll, uh, I thought was really good, actually. I've been pretty hard on sushi on the show. California generally. roll. Sorry. Why? Why would you be sorry I, for that? I, contempl- I had it the moment you said California roll, but I, I was just like, should I? Should I? I figure I'd let you get a full sentence and a half deep before cutting you off. You are more uh, considerate than I am. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought this was good. It was heavy, heavier than these Ooh. typically are. I thought the rice was uh, pretty sticky and the inside, and I mean this in a good way, but the inside had a k- pretty gooey texture, had a big old piece of avocado in there. You know, a lot of times you get just a little mm-hmm. bit and then a big piece of cucumber. S- same on mine. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the cucumber and the sushi, but it just kind of comes with the territory whenever you're doing the bento because you give you the simplest sushi option sure. available. Would have liked it if they'd have had some ginger or wasabi to go with it to give it just that little extra kick. But mm-hmm. even without it, this was a lot had a lot fuller and more rich flavor than your typical California roll in a bento box. So I thought that was pretty tasty. Do you put the ginger, like the candy ginger, right on the sushi? Yeah, dude. Is really? that not normal? So I don't do it for every bite. Here's now here's just what I had heard. I was under the assumption that the candied ginger is simply a palate cleanser. Oh, that makes sense. So I've only ever just eaten it like right after a bite of sushi. Huh? I mean, it, I've made Asian sausage sausage sauces mm-hmm. many times. And like ginger is a component of those sauces. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Down yeah. and stuff like that. So I just assumed it was okay to eat it. That logic doesn't really track. I mean, it, it sounds like it would be kind of tasty. I've just oh, never good. tried it. Yeah, it's really good. It depends on what kind of sushi you get. You know, I will do that if it's one of these. It's like the California roll where it's a really simple taste. There's not a lot going on. Give it a little kick with the ginger or mm. especially with the wasabi. All right. I thought that's what they were there for, but you're probably right. You're I, probably right. It's probably I, the actual reason. I, I have no clue. Truly. Andy, uh-huh. I got one more thing. From I got to talk about the steak. I'm not done. Oh, sure, Andy. Talk about the steak. I figured since this place is, uh, you know, fairly upscale seeming, I would go ahead and order my steak medium rare. Sure. And uh, she asked me what temperature I wanted it cooked. So I told her medium rare and I, I came, it came and it was definitely uh, medium well, if not more done. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty dry, Dan. But I got to say, it's still pretty good. Hmm. I, I still liked it, even if it didn't, you know, have any redness or even peakness to it at all. Still, still pretty tasty. Pretty good, pretty good, uh, high quality steak. So even if it's done more than you prefer, if it's high quality steak, you can still pick up on, so you can still pick up on the quality. Sure, absolutely. So I was pretty happy with this. I think it was a little overpriced, even for an upscale place, just based on the portion size. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it seemed like a child's size dinner, but whatever. I wasn't too disappointed or anything. Andy, I got the hibachi steak, uh-huh. which is pro- probably the same, same steak thing. that was in there. Yeah. 
Um, but I just went for the side portion. There's uh-huh. a part of the menu that says side side portions. Uh, the hibachi steak was seven ninety nine. It's a couple different side portion options that came in a you know one of the small styrofoam containers, and uh, I was pretty excited. I, I I was driving around with my meal there, driving back to work, eating the sushi as I drove. Pretty pretty tasty there. Uh huh. All of a sudden. I, I decide we we'll get a look at this. Uh, let's see what's up with with this. I just wanted to take a look at her. <laughs> Pop that top open, you know. Look inside there. There's about ten, maybe twelve, fifteen pieces of steak. Sounds about that's like what I got. Same centimeter cubes you're describing. Uh huh. That's all. That's it. Okay. Yep. I thought you were going yep. somewhere with that. Nope. Uh, so mine pretty much came with the side of hibachi steak also. No, no, no. I, I mean, there was no rice. Oh. There was no vegetables. There was... Just, uh, that was it. There was nothing. It, it was just a... It was a literal side portion of steak. Now, this is something that maybe I could have put together. It, it doesn't say explicitly that on the menu that it's just the steak. It uh-huh. says side portion. It says hibachi steak and then further down the side portions menu there's an option for it, it says like a uh, fried rice or uh-huh. steamed rice and they're a little cheaper but it, you know i don't think it made it very clear that it was a put together your your meal sort of thing yeah uh for 7.99 oh yeah that's it, that is a lot for a few dollars. cubes of steak yeah. yeah yeah um i was definitely pretty disappointed now did I eat the little cubes of steak with my hand while driving. <laughs> and did I enjoy them a whole lot? I ordered the medium. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, they, they sound like came medium. They, they definitely were not dry at all. They were super juicy and there was a lot of steak juice left in the container. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I ate them while I was driving around and I almost sipped the juice out of the bottom. And and I liked it a whole lot, but uh, I I don't know that I <laughs> I don't know that I'd get it again. <laughs> it definitely made me reconsider just eating a uh, single portion of meat for lunch because <laughs> it was kind of nice. And uh, sure, I actually I think that might be keto. <laughs> I think I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think it I is. did go keto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your eyes roll back into your head. You started glowing. Oh yeah, yeah. I crashed my car. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was fine. So Niji, really cool space. Mm-hmm. I'd say Absolutely. the food. The food is uh, it's good. It's nothing like incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go back for the food as much as I go back to just sit there. Absolutely in that room. I would definitely go back for a cold sake. Mm. Ooh, oh, ooh, 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 ooh. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like maybe a new character is developing. <laughs> you know what his name is? Ooh. ooh. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the next place. Sure. Uh, we both tried to one extent or another mm-hmm. Prehistoric Brewing Company. Wow. Which is a new brewery that opened in the Plaza Shopping Center, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, on the southeast corner of San- Sunshine and Glenstone, mm-hmm. which is, you might think is an odd place it for is. a brewery. But yeah. I don't know. I kind of like having a little place and place to go in the neighborhood there. I mean, that, that makes like the third kind of bar establishment in that pretty small area there. You yeah. Got you got Bob and Ike's. Bob and Ike's. Yeah. Down a little bit. And of course, the hangout. Right. And then right across the street, you got Midnight Rodeo. Ooh, wow. Which, why action. is it not called 130 Rodeo? That's when they close. Uh-huh. uh-huh. 
I I don't know, Andy. I want truth in advertising, Dan. I don't think their name's very <laughs> ethical. You want it to say when they 130 close? 1.30 rodeo, yeah. <laughs> but they're open at midnight. Like That's probably when it's at the party's peaking. <laughs> have you been to Midnight Rodeo? No, I have not been. Have you been to Club? Is it Club Rodeo, the other one? I, I haven't been to any establishment with the name Cowboy or Rodeo in no, it. No, <laughs> I, I knew a dude who works in food service who had gotten a job at Club Rodeo before they opened and had... had gone to training and everything and i think he went one night and then quit like he worked one night i was like nope <laughs> I, I from the things i've heard about midnight rodeo it uh it goes off in there uh-huh. as it were the uh the there uh I, you know this was i i i listen to the police scanner sometimes and, sure uh, uh last night they were reporting uh a case of a uh, boot scooting boogieing <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was full of beer <laughs> It's a miracle that I did not spit it out. I thought you were going to... I knew that police scanning wasn't real, but I, I thought you were going to tell a real story that you heard about the place. was not expecting that. that well done. Prehistoric Brewing, their Facebook page says, Prehistoric Brewing Company is committed to making superb beer while giving back to our community. The culture of the company will be one of craftsmanship, not of greed. The quality of our beer will never be sacrificed for profit. We will reach these goals by inspiring a culture of pride and satisfaction in our workplace, creating top quality products, responding to the needs of our team members and community while never forgetting the fellowship that brewing brings. That's a lot of words. Nice. To say that we, we want to have fun making beer. Yeah. Um, They're anti-capitalist. <laughs> that seems that way, maybe. <laughs> uh, says founded September 16th, 2012. Don't know what the explanation for I that is. I also noticed that online, <laughs> and maybe maybe this is a transplant. I don't think it is. I think that maybe just might just be whenever they said, "Hey, uh, this is whenever." Uh, maybe that's whenever they decided they wanted to start a brewery. Oh, sure, or something. yeah, Either yeah. They, maybe that's when they all met the first day of college yeah. or something. That's the EST. Yeah. That's like Levi from Levi's Jeans. Uh, he well, he first made his like first cardboard pair of shorts whatever the EST date is. They have a milestone listed on their Facebook page from 2017 that says Prehistoric Brewing Company reached 250 likes. I wonder if there's more to a st- more of a story to this. Maybe mm. they were kind of a casual thing that friends did previously or something. Wow. I don't know. I would love to know more about it. If they want to come on the show and clear anything up, they seem like a whole bunch of cool dudes yeah they were so nice they were really fun to talk Absolutely, to and i yeah. didn't like talk to them that much but the people that i did talk to were very enthusiastic about talking about the beer that kind of thing so let's get into it dan you brought us a growler here tonight mm-hmm. um when i went i went and got a flight and your schedule you are much busier than i am right now mm-hmm. because you have to work full days and boy are your arms tired huh from lifting all the way to the you grabbed show? a flight oh i get it <laughs> okay <laughs> I went to from lifting all the weight of the show. <laughs> a little insulting, but that's what you think I was going immediately to. <laughs> um, yes, I'm quite busy. I'm quite busy. Yeah, busier than me, at least. I didn't, ha- I didn't have time this week for a flight, unfortunately. I'm done working at 11 a.m. every day, and let's just say Ooh, I'm a bit of a flight risk. Andy, color me green. <laughs> I am envious. If you knew how little work I did during those three hours, you'd be even greener. <laughs> I think I did about 15 minutes worth of interaction today. 
I mean that 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 I'm already used to. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. For your yeah, job? Yeah, the packing minimal amounts of work into sure. long periods of time. <laughs> That's uh tried and true. <laughs> I am not used to that and don't particularly care for it, but like to have a specific task. And that's why I just keep making other tasks. Sure. Absolutely. Twitter's fun. Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> been, been doing Twitter. It's, it makes me so sad. Yeah. Oh, no, it sucks. Yeah. It's really awful. And everybody complains about how it sucks, but they're on the website oh, too. So uh, 20% of Twitter is about how horrible oh, yeah. it is to be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really terrible. Yeah. It's really bad. Anyway, prehistoric brewing. Mm. Right now, we are drinking the Found Away IPA. Mm-hmm. And it rhymes. If that phrase sounds familiar, it's because it, you probably recognize it from <laughs> Jurassic Park, which is currently the number one movie in America. Wow. Did you know this? Yes. Yeah. A- along with like another Steven Spielberg movie. Jaws. Is it Jaws? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're playing those those two in double feature. I know the Aurora Sunset Drive-In is playing that double feature Ooh. this weekend. That I've I, never uh, been to a drive-in, Andrew. I've not either. I think I would like to I'd go. I'd love to. We should go see Toby Mac next month. <laughs> Absolutely. the drive-in. <laughs> oh, Andy, boy, should we. Both both uh, still performing members of DC Talk have played the Aurora Sunset Drive-In or will have played it this summer. Wow. The Christian Rock, it, like, they are so on top of how to make money. Like, that that industry is so profitable. And they were the first to be like, we're touring drive-ins. They were probably yeah. planning to do that the moment like their friend sneezed. <laughs> Wait, should we do the, Should we break out the drive-in idea? They had a pandemic contingent contingency already. Anyway, well, what is this Aurora Food Mo? Yeah, let's just talk about Christian Get this Rock garbage. Out you of know here. that that's one of the things that I could talk about for like two or three hours. Oh yeah, you truly could have a Christian <laughs> Rock podcast. Like I, I think I could probably co-host, but you're I think you're the real authority. There is a podcast about Tooth and Nail Records that I listen to and it's Ooh. not great. And I listen to that and like I, I should be doing this show. And just remake it. The, well the dude that, that does it, despite him not being a, in my opinion, great podcaster or storyteller, he has all these connections to people that work for the label and bands sure. and stuff. And I don't have the access, mm, yeah. but whatever. You should it, start posing as him on the internet. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> you probably sound just like him. I mean, I if don't. I have a picture of this guy in my head, it's it's you. <laughs> it's one of those dudes from Emory. So he has like this thick southern accent. I don't sound anything like Ooh, him. I mean, man, which one of us had Ooh, that? Oh, boy. That would sound great. That's a bad days. band. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's not dive into this. Prehistoric brewing, yeah. Andy. Found a way IPA. What do you think about it, Dan? Andy. I was looking for an IPA. The gentleman up there suggested a few things. I didn't say I was looking for an IPA. He suggested a few things first. You, you brought some to the house. I'm not going to reveal to listeners how he transported it, mm-hmm. but I'll give you a little hint. Grrr. <laughs> it's growler. You yep. got a growler. I fed it to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I just brought him over here. And... Uh, Anyway, Andy, I, 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 I told him I was looking for an IPA. Mm. This was the only one on the menu there. He said if I were to come back tomorrow, I could have gotten the Apex Predator. Yep. Their new triple IPA. Yep. I believe that's what they call the Velociraptors in mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, the wow. number one movie in America. A lot, lot of Jurassic Park stuff. Up They're there. all Jurassic Park names. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. It's no, good I think it's cool. I... I think this is okay. 
I, I this is just like really I, I'm not a beer expert mm. as our listeners probably know, but this just doesn't have a whole lot of flavor to me. I, I do like it. I think it has like a little citrus on the back end. Yeah. It actually has kind of a nice lingering taste that stays in your mouth, which is not a case with all beers. Uh, so I do like that, but you know, I, it's, it, it's not my favorite. It tastes more like a pale ale than an IPA to me. I mean, the P-A-N IPA sure. is pale ale, but... Couldn't have told you that those were two different things. India pale ale mm-hmm. is typically much more bitter from the hops. And a pale ale has that little bit of bitterness, but it's not as overwhelming as it is with your IPA. And this tastes more like just a PA to mm. me. It, it's good. I mean, it's fine. If I'd ordered this at a bar, I would not be upset that I got it, you know. But it's not something I'm going to go out and order. In fact, of the six that I tried, because I tried all of them, uh, this was my fourth favorite. Oh, okay. Um, I did rank them. I'll start at the bottom. The bottom four all sort of had this quality that a lot you'll, you'll get at a lot of new breweries, which is they're a little dry and have a little bit of a soapiness or a sawdustiness to them. Um, uh, whenever the other breweries in town have started, they have also had this happen, so I'm pretty confident that it'll go away. And we had, I won't like, you know, Docs, the person that's been on the show, but we have had a former professional brewer on the show, and I, I talked about this with him. Uh, off mic, I think. I'm pretty sure it wasn't on uh, when the mics were running. But I mentioned that I, I was really curious about that. It's like, is this a normal thing? And he confirmed that when you use, when your equipment is new and you've just started cleaning it, um, sometimes that has an effect on the flavor. And you're sure that this wasn't just a current or former player for the Milwaukee Brewers? I mean, pretty sure. Okay. You're making it to where I might have to say his name. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, anyway, the bottom three of my rankings all had that, but they also were kind of my... The bottom two were my, kind of my least... Some of my least favorite types of beers. So the Trapped in Time, Dan, is a uh, honey amber. Get it? Oh, okay. Amber. Okay. That was yeah. one of them that he suggested, actually, mm-hmm. for, for my growler. That was my fifth favorite. Um, It, it was pretty sweet had a little bit of a syrupiness syrupy sweetness um still had that sawdusty flavor to it D- didn't love it and then the clever girls are irish red ale which of course clever girls mm-hmm. i believe that was the other Ian one that Malcolm i noticed and also says, the other one that he recommended to the raptor I- i'm not a big fan of red ales in general and this one also had the sawdusty quality so those bottom three okay whenever we tried this ipa from from the Gur growler I liked it more than I did in the flight. And I think mm-hmm. it's because the other three, there were three other ones that I tried that were, that I liked a lot more. And now I'm going to talk about those. Uh, my third favorite was Graham's KLP and the KLP dance stands for key lime pie. Okay. Now, key lime now pie. this does not sound like something from Jurassic park. Andy Graham is a character from uh, Jurassic park. Hmm. Yeah. See the uh, lawyer who gets eaten on the toilet. Is that right? I don't know. That's Newman. <laughs> That's not right. No, Newman's Newman, not that guy. Newman gets <laughs> attacked by the thing with the uh, that flares out its face and it's screaming. Oh, at yeah, 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 great, yeah, yeah. Great scene yeah, in cool. the film Jurassic Park. If, Graham, I, if our listeners haven't seen it, it <laughs> turns out, it out the Graham's KLP is one they did just for their opening. Uh-huh. This place just opened like two weeks ago, and this was not available in the Growlers. Oh, by the way, yes, interesting. He specifically mentioned that this it was, was not more. I think this this. Uh, taster that i got i think that one cost four dollars most of them were either two or three so this was a special mm. one uh this is a milkshake ipa with a twist we use graham crackers and key limes oh. to make a beer that will remind you of a slice of key lime pie 
smooth, tart, not too hoppy. The beer has a little something for everyone. Parentheses, contains lactose. And I wonder if our buddy Dustin knew that whenever he tried this on his show, because they tried this a couple weeks ago, oh. I'm pretty sure. Uh, it is 8.8 ABV and has a 2.5 Trilo hop rating. Uh, that's like their system for rating mm-hmm. hoppiness. Uh, my, Instead of like trilobite, it's trilo hop. The the find found a way IPA has a four point five, uh, just just point five under the the max there. Huh. So when they do that triple, is it going to have whatever the number is thirteen and a half? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would guess so. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I liked this a lot. It didn't remind me of key lime pie, but it reminded me, and I mean this with the with uh, totally as a compliment. It was like a Tecate with a lime and beer salt. Mm, it was tasty. Good. It was really good. It was really summery. Be good for the river, that kind of thing. It had a lightness to it that I really enjoyed. It had crisp, refreshing. I think you would have liked it because we were just talking about sours earlier. And it's not sour, but it does have that citrusy quality sure. that I think you're pretty into. Yeah, absolutely. You seem to be. So I like that one. Second favorite was Steam Vents. Uh, steam lager. I did not know that steam lager was a thing. I definitely had Anchor Steam, the brewery before, but it turns out Anchor is the brewing company and Anchor Steam oh, okay. uh, denotes Anchor Steam Lager, a specific type of lager that comes from Northern California specifically. There's a place in the Northeast that makes it to this, or an area that specializes in it as well. And they get the style lager by fermenting at a temperature higher than the normal temperature. And I could not tell you what makes the taste different than a regular sure. lager? Because, again, this is just a really light, refreshing, crisp hot. beer. Yeah, it's <laughs> boiling. It's like a, he's like, wait, wait for it to cool down just a little bit. They boil it. You put like a towel over your head and over the glass <laughs> and breathe it in. Yeah, that's what it's okay. for. Yeah. Steam uh, beer. This is just really good. Once again, very summery beer. I hadn't even been like out in the heat. Actually, it was right after I went to Scully's. I even mentioned this on the Scully's episode that I made this trip to the brewery after going to Scully's, but it was just a good summertime vibe. That sounds good. Now, my number one, Dan, is the exact opposite of a summertime vibe. It is the uh, Chocolate Mammoth Milk Stout. Ooh, wow. No, wait, wait. Chocolate Mammoth Milk mm-hmm. Milk Stout. CMM. And I, th- I think the idea is that you're drinking it <laughs> from a teat. Sure. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't feel like there was a, was a mammoth in... Jurassic Park. No, maybe. I guess they're not. I all think. From that. I think. I think they I might think, have screwed up, and I think they might actually have to close the store now. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to have to shutter their doors. Five out of six, definitely. Jurassic Park references. Steam vents is really clever. That's a clever yeah, name for a steam uh, logger. If you're going to do a Jurassic Park reference, uh, <laughs> I was like, I should call one. <laughs> Ch- children in danger. <laughs> well, why didn't That's, they do it? Uh, hold on to your butts, chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever, whenever you're watching a Steven Spielberg movie, just pay attention for how often he puts children in danger. Sure. It's a thing that he always does. Always. And it's once you, I'm sorry that I've made you aware of it now if you weren't already, but it's so manip- manipulative. And nothing ever happens to those kids. They're always <laughs> fine. Kill a kid, Steven. Yeah, please, Steven. He ain't got the guts to kill a Let's kid. Change.org. This is, I'm 100% <laughs> joking, and please don't clip that out. But like, even in Munich, I'm like, don't, 
don't do this. Don't do this in Munich. Don't put a kid in danger in Munich. It's too serious. Yeah. If you watch his movies and know him, and when that happens in Munich, like, well, here's 10 minutes of tension that doesn't, we know doesn't matter. There's the tension is going to be, it's not going to be paid off. Not that I want to see that happen. It's just a tactic that he always uses. Well, Andy, I think there's one thing we can all agree on, and that's that Munich rules. Munich's a really good movie. It's so good. And uh, it's so good that it's like the best part of another movie. It's uh-huh. the best part of Knocked Up is I when know. they bring up Munich. I'm a bit of a Knocked Up <laughs> defender. There's, there's a series of jokes in there that have aged very, very poorly and oh, great to begin with, but kind of a defender of that movie, too, though I do think the Munich joke is wonderful. Oh, it's an all-timer. Chocolate mammoth milk, <laughs> milk stout. It's a little sweet. It's a little mm-hmm. bitter. The mi- I'm going to take issue with the menu description here. It describes it as smooth. I don't know that I totally agree with that because it has a little bit of a bite to it, and that's pr- kind of what I found appealing. Um, when I think of a smooth stout, I would think of like Guinness. Mm. And the whole idea of the stout, at least my understanding of it, is it's not supposed to be that smooth. The smooth dark beer is the porter, and the stout should have a little bit of a bite to it. And this did, and I really, I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, I don't know if I put it up on the level with uh, either the Mudhouse Stout from SBC or the uh, Winter Grind, but I still really enjoyed it. thought it was very tasty. In a full disclosure, I live pretty close by. could see myself going back. I don't know if they'll take too kindly to some of the stuff I said about it, and uh, there's a the post for this is going to have a big old picture of my face because <laughs> um, there's not that many good picture of me these me these pictures of me these days, and when, when there is one, I want to use it, so... <laughs> Well, uh, just so they know, I, 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 I wasn't super hot on the one beer I had, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a full-on moron, so I, I don't think you need to take it too too seriously there. Now, Andy, one thing I did want to do with prehistoric okay. brewing was uh, you, you had said that they don't have food there. Of course, they do have food. You they were wrong. They do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I figured that we could uh, rank the, you know, chip selection at a oh, at prehistoric brewing okay. here. They so, got handicaps? No, they do not have handicaps hot fries, unfortunately. That, oh, man, that would be a great bar chip. Somebody mm. somebody get the handicaps hot fries in the in the bars here. I've uh, never eaten a bar chip. I've never eaten a bar snack. Ooh. Bar yeah. beer nuts? No. Can't not say I have either. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever done it. I never will now. There was a chance in the future that I might have before mm-hmm. I learned about germs. Sure. <laughs> yes, before we all I didn't know about germs. As a nation before. learned about germs. I uh, was watching <laughs> Cheers last night, and Norm was just going to town on some bar nuts. Oh, absolutely. Classic Norm move. Seemed like fun. That show's so good. Never seen it. Unbelievably good. <laughs> never seen Not, it. No, I have never seen it. Seen oh, a lot dude. of Frasier. Big fan. Yeah, Frasier's great. I, I, I tweeted this out last night, Dan, and why mm-hmm. not discuss it? Who cares? Sure. It's Tower Club. We talk about mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And my parents are listening. I was not allowed to watch Simpsons growing up. And I it's a huge pop cultural gap, arguably the biggest one I have mm-hmm. as far as things that happened during my life. And yet, I was allowed to watch syndicated reruns of Cheers and Frasier throughout my childhood. Mm. Um, I don't exactly remember. I, I know I did it in elementary school or as soon as I had a TV in my room. Maybe that was middle school, whenever that was. Uh, still not allowed to watch Simpsons. Watched a ton of Frasier. Watched a ton of Cheers. Those shows are quite risque. Oh, yeah. Frasier. Dan. Me. Why? I just couldn't resist it, Andy. 43 minutes. 
You got to remind me. I got 11 minutes and 43 minutes. I simply, it was simply irresistible. You, you, I mean, in, in more ways than one, what you said is true. Literally and colloquially, uh-huh. he does indeed do that. Yeah. And that is exactly what I'm saying. There's so much more, yeah. so much more. I mean, none of it's harmful content, but so sure. much more stuff that maybe kids shouldn't, shouldn't be exposed to. That I was being exposed to. I <laughs> wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yeah, you know, there, there's no children on Frasier, though. No children That's on Frasier. No children on Cheers. So adult people doing adult things. It's Bart, you throw Bart Simpson into the category, and it's just such an incendiary figure with his he's eat not. my shorts and He's not incendiary, even a little bit. And, oh, <laughs> just all the kids doing the Bartman. The joke is that he's bad. What, was <laughs> the joke is that Homer's lazy and it's not good. Andy, yeah, was your mother a teacher? Yeah. at the time mm-hmm. of Simpsons, yes, that's why you could not watch it. No, I'm pretty sure it's because I mean, I'm sure. Well, yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely, but I don't know. I'm sure that she heard oh, so many of her students. Buddy, I'm going to hear about this. <laughs> <laughs> there's a 100% chance it's going to lead to a conversation oh, with my parents. Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, Cheers is awesome. It's like you, you could watch that. You can watch Cheers and it's like 2020 progressive um, in certain ways. It's, it's really, really cool. And I think, I think you would enjoy it quite a bit hmm. if you decided to dip into it. Anyway, cheers to you. <laughs> And cheers to our listeners for sticking with us through this. And speaking of cheers, how about this bar, Andy? Uh, So let's rank these chips. We got (laughs) Cheetos. Now, these are the crunchy ones, not the puffy ones. We got original Lay's. We got Fritos. We got sour cream Lay's and Snyder's mini pretzels. No Doritos. No Doritos. uh, They were specifically marked out. I'm assuming that they just ran out in the party box that they got from Sam's Club. So what are you thinking? Hmm. I really like Snyder's. You know I'm not a big chip person. Okay, so Snyder's automatically bottom of my list. No kidding. Pretzels? Okay. Come on, Andy. I mean, I don't eat any of them, dude. Come on, you know I'm not a snacker. Did you, did you say some nuts in there? I'm sorry. I was marking down the cuss times. <laughs> uh, we got Cheetos. Original Lay's, Sour Cream Lay's, or Original Fritos. I think I'm going to probably put Original Lay's right right after those pretzels. Okay. You're not a fan of the Original Lay's? Um, with the pulled pork sandwich? Oh. Absolutely. Wouldn't have anything else with any other sandwich? No. Are those Flamin' Hot Cheetos? No. No. Okay. No. These are just regular Cheetos. Think above the Original Lay's. I'm going to go Fritos. I'm going to go Cheetos on the very bottom for me. Andy, how many people do you want to unsubscribe from our Tower Club today? None. You're you're saying that Snyder's mini pretzels are your favorite and that original Cheetos are at the bottom? Listen, Dan, I didn't pay attention. I don't know what all the options are. Andy. (laughs) Cheetos are at the top for me. Okay. Followed by the sour cream Lay's. Oh, those are good. Those are good. I I think I would put those in number two also sure yeah what's going at number one what though that the the pretzels okay never mind i mean no i might put the sour cream pre- uh, no let's move on before you make your list better it, it has to it has to I stay bad do this thing where i get the 
not the the, the Snyder squares. Mm. And I would sure. chop up a bunch of fruit into very small pieces and then cover it with cinnamon and then toss the Snyders in there with it. It would be like a banana, sure. an apple, some craisins, and some Snyder's pretzels. Dope. I don't like how you're making the chip segment healthy now with talk yeah. about how you mixed your Buddy, chips with... It's not that healthy. <laughs> okay. Uh, we do have another restaurant to talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not, we did actually eat at another place, even though we're this far out of the episode. Uh, Culture Counter. Wow. Which is very exciting. They've been putting that in for a while. Uh, at Culture Counter, the highly anticipated cafe and market in Springfield, Missouri. This is from a Feast Magazine article mm-hmm. by someone named Tessa Cooper, oh. whose name I've seen a bunch. And maybe I should uh, maybe I should email her and see if she wants to come on sometime. Come on the show, Tessa. <laughs> That's seemed aggressive <laughs> no, I, I just had a hard time remembering her name <laughs> <laughs> owner and operator bryce gott and kitchen and product manager shawnee bullet or i think it's bullet take their pledge to support local businesses seriously the pair has curated seasonal produce and other pantry essentials from more than 35 southwestern missouri providers perched on the market's shelves Products from Date Lady, Grove Salsa Company, Millsout Farms, Curd Shoppers to fill up their basket while tempting aromas simultaneously draw them into the cafe. This went into the old space in Roundtree that was homegrown foods. It was mm-hmm. owned by Rob Bailey, the guy who unfortunately lost that congressional race to Steve Helms last time around. Betsy Fogel running for sure, that. What yeah. do they call it? The house seat. Yes. State oh, yeah. house seat. Yeah. Big, a big fan of hers. Uh, if you're in that district, consider looking into her. Um, what you ha- and ways you might improve your community. Anyway, all those house seats might as well be freaking toilet seats to me. <laughs> that's what I think about the whole dang thing. Freaking thought that's, police, everyone. I of them. know that's not true. <laughs> Fre- freaking house of commodes. I do like this, but I would like it more as a character. <laughs> well, <laughs> not like there, there's famously no characters on the Tower Club and episodes. Not Andy. Chapo Dan, <laughs> Tra- Chapo Trap, Chapo Dan. Danny. <laughs> Um, so yeah, culture counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to Bryce both times that I went. One time I just went and got ice cream. One time I went and got breakfast. And I felt weird just getting breakfast. So I also got an avocado. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I got in my head. They got nice, fresh, organic produce mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. Nice. Bryce is uh, incredibly kind. Uh-huh. Uh, just about as nice a person as you can imagine. Seems really excited to be doing the thing that he's doing. Ask him what he did before, and he was saying he told me a lot of different stuff. But I think he worked in like a upholstery upholstery place and commercial Ooh. street. Anyway, really good dude, Bryce. Did you talk to him? I did. I spoke with him the most recent time I was up there. Not to reveal too much, but uh, I think he's known my girlfriend for about two decades. Is oh, what wow. he said. So uh, okay. yeah, that l- little connection there, and known her much longer than me. I'd, in fact. I'm a little threatened by him. I mean, you know, I've known her that long also. I might have to <laughs> take this guy out. And you, Andy. How dare you I don't talk think it's, to I my think girlfriend it's more like before I knew 15, her. More like 15 years, which is insane to, in its own way. But yeah, I yeah. met her when I was 19. Yeah, uh, we must have crossed paths at least a few times but before we ever met, which is a weird t- thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, she's pretty. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. Don't comment <laughs> on it, Andy. 
It's about time we talked about your <laughs> girlfriend's appearance on the show. About to throw you on top of the culture counter, <laughs> break your arm. <laughs> I probably deserve it. If not for this, for some, for anything else. <laughs> Andy, what'd you get at culture counter? Well, Dan, I got ice cream, mm-hmm. which was absolutely delicious. Which I ice just cream did you try just the the uh, the dairy vanilla. Cause Ooh, they have some vegan options sure. there. I think they were out of a lot the night that I went, and so I just went with the vanilla. Uh, I did not get it in a cone. I don't even know if they do cones. Just got it in a bowl. Went and took a little walk around the neighborhood. Had a real nice time. It's very good ice cream. Mm. They use, uh, I believe it's is it Edgewood Creamery. Cream in the ice cream. I think that's what he told me. Oh, wow. it's a local creamery that they they make the ice cream with. And Seems like they try to so, yeah. source locally whatever they can. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic ice cream. It was very like traditional, you know, uh, creamy <laughs> and cold. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's very much ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's not custard. It's not any other variation. It's not soft serve. It is scooped ice cream. It is just a very very good version of that. Yeah, it had a great texture to it, and my experience with like homemade ice cream, quote unquote, mm-hmm. uh, is my my mother's ice yeah. cream, which never quite. It's always a little more crystallized yes. than uh, regular ice cream, but fantastic, thick, fantastic. Yes, I, I was putting two C's at the end of fantastic, thick, fantastic, thick, uh, fantastic, thick. <laughs> Lovely ice cream. I got the mocha flavor, Andy, oh. which was so good. Beautiful, rich chocolate, like just a super packed rich chocolate. Nice. Not, not like dark or anything. No like exotic cocoa flavor, but really your straightforward chocolate ice cream flavor, which I love, along with a nice coffee bite to it. Not bitter or anything. And uh, Andy... I think you might have to bleep this out too. So go ahead and check the time code. But Inside Intel has told me that they use <laughs> Oh, I actually did write the time down. I do you want even you to bleep it, it out because I don't want people to know that. Oh, okay. Uh, that's incredible. I, I came to that. I, I just don't know if that's. I'm gonna. I'm going to overplay it, but I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, Wait, really. Where good. do they source that? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure, Andy. And speaking of sourcing, I think it's pretty cool that there's a place right there in the Pickwick area, mm-hmm. surrounded by all these other cool restaurants, uh, for them to source some uh, v- produce from. Hopefully, uh, yeah, they're doing something with Scully's I and Team Taco and think Cherry Picker out there. And Ops. that little, you know. That area is my favorite spot in town. I think it's the coolest place. Really love it. Uh, I got, whenever I went for breakfast, I got a uh, fresh, relatively fresh out of the oven chorizo frittata. Mm. Um, she, the reason I got it is because it was fresh. Uh, I, is the chef's name Karen? I believe I met Karen. The chef's name is Karen, and yes, she is the Karen that we have alluded to before <laughs> in the show. Not the original Karen, right. who was our uh, secretary, who no longer exists. Well, uh, yeah, she she uh, she actually passed. Unfortunately, she, she came back to life. Oh, she passed again. I forgot oh. to tell you. I heard rumors to the contrary. Well. 
I mean, who knows? This is only a Tower Club episode, so she might not be fully dead. And if she isn't fully dead, we won't ever mention that she was dead on the mainline episodes. She came back to life. But she died again, Andy. <laughs> this is a different Karen. <laughs> of course, during Dan Simber, I alluded to a Karen that I was going to bring on the show. And uh, it was, in fact, a fake out whenever I brought Andy's bestie Jake uh-huh. on the show from Jake's Vegan Sausage. He's but Karen did exist. I did try to get her on the show. She will still come on the show, but she's the head chef over at Culture Counter yeah. there. So we tried a, a couple pieces of her food, I believe, and a big big fan of Karen's food. Had, had it many times before. So, yeah, I got the chorizo frittata, which is a couple mm-hmm. good words mm-hmm. pushed right next to each other. <laughs> it served cold. Um, I got it because I she said it was fresh out of the oven. And I found that very enticing. Mm. But turned out it was cooling from having been in the oven. And she actually brought it out. I was actually talking to Bryce. He's the one that told me that that was what was coming up next. And she brought it out and showed it to me in the pan. I was like, that looks great. I'll take that. I was already decided because I love chorizo. You know, they had a few different options. All this is, uh, it looks prepackaged. Well, it is Mm prepackaged. So you just pick it off the shelf. But I got this fresh because I had the opportunity to get it fresh. Grab and go. Thought that'd be yes, exactly. The term exactly. What I'm use. trying yeah. to say. I think they do do some stuff to order. I think they may make their the waffles that they have Ooh. there to order. I actually saw on Instagram uh, past guest Eddie Burniking, I believe, was open about the fact that she lives close by. Whenever mm-hmm. she was on the show, so I'm not doxing her, but she'd walked up there and gotten uh, one of those waffles, and it sure looked good. Ooh, sure looked tasty. Sounds great. Anyway, um. This frittata had a really creamy texture with the occasional crunch from a piece of diced red onion in there. Not a whole lot of chorizo in mine. Not very much at all. I'd say maybe three little pieces of chorizo in there. And uh, the chorizo that was in there didn't have a whole lot of spice to it, which is typically what I expect from chorizo. But that's okay. You know, I, I, I get the vibe this place is going for, and it made a lot of sense. So not a ton of spice. Maybe not as much as I would have wanted, but still good and made sense the meat seemed pretty lean and honestly didn't have much effect on the dish overall other than like a slight variation in texture from the eggs but those eggs were really really good Mm -hmm. and i i suspect it's probably a situation where they use a certain amount of eggs or they use a certain amount of yolks and a different amount of whites it's it's more heavy on the whites if i had to guess because there was a real lightness airiness and creaminess to this it was really tasty is what i'm saying Again, I'm not a big frittata person. I'm not even that big of an egg person, really. Even at a breakfast place, I don't really get eggs. You're not the egg man. I'm not the egg man. Mm. That's true. But uh, this was good. It's a good version of it. Sure. Well, Andy, my beautiful girlfriend went to Culture Counter. It's subjective. <laughs> Andy, <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> I can't agree or disagree. My, Neither is appropriate. You you can shut your mouth then. <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful, uh, glamorous, uh, opulent girlfriend. Um, rich, but still kind to the poor. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, took a trip to Culture Counter. While I was recording this very podcast on Sunday. Seems like a better use of time. 
Oh boy, was it? Because uh, she picked me up something. You had texted me that you got the frittata, and uh, I told her to get me something up there. She brought me the freaking frittata, <laughs> Andy. It was the same one. I also had the chorizo frittata, and I gotta disagree with you on a few things. Okay, mine had an abundance of chorizo in there. Hey, that's home cooking. Absolutely, you know? I, I thought the chunks of it were pretty good in size. Lovely texture on that chorizo, more so than I feel like you normally get with a chorizo. Sometimes it can be cooked kind of soft, and this definitely had a little more body to it. But I agree with you that it didn't have the normal zip that I expect from chorizo. It Mm -hmm. also didn't have any kind of reddish hue that I associate with chorizo. Um, I had mine a little while after it was picked up, which I don't think is any big deal. I actually heated it up a little bit and boy, I, I loved it. Andy, I'm a, I'm a fan of a frittata and a quiche, even though I just figured out the difference between the two <laughs> before we were uh, recording here. And I, I love, I love just a nice egg pie. I love the like oil that you get that oozes out of the pores of the eggs. Ooh, that is just, that's, Real good stuff for me. Nice buttery frittata. Yeah, re- really, really enjoyed it. Awesome. Tasty. Yeah. You tried something else today, too. Oh, boy, did I, Andy. Just grabbed some of the Circle B meatloaf mm. from there. Now, what does that mean? Who really knows, Andy? Um, I'm assuming it has to do with the Marina's meatballs that it's made with it, because next to that on the ingredient list is a parenthetical that says Circle B. Circle B is a local ranch. It thing. sure is, Andy. Yeah. It's a pork ranch. I looked that up on mm-hmm. my uh, on my phone here before we recorded, and uh, apparently this here meatloaf is made of their meatballs, but crushed up because oh, they're okay. not in there. There's no balls of meat just no. hidden within the meatloaf. <laughs> it's incorporated throughout, Andy, like a nice loaf. <laughs> So they use those Marina's meatballs. I'm assuming that they're probably some mixture of pork and beef. Maybe it's an, uh, a whole pork uh, meatloaf, but I guess I'm used to a little bit of beef in mine. It's like a meat smoothie. It, it was very smooth. <laughs> we did not get to that yet, but it, uh, it, was, it wasn't as smooth as a smoothie. That sounds kind of disgusting. Yeah, it's very gross. <laughs> but it was, it was a very smooth loaf. Andy, this had Marina's meatballs. Egg, breadcrumbs, grated carrots, basil, oregano, local mushli cheese. M-U-T-S-C-H-L-I. Never heard nope. of that cheese. Don't I wonder that if that's either. a brand or a type. I'm assuming it's a you know type of cheese. It sounds like a thing that you would say on the show just to say something that was mushed. Hey, it's me, Mr. Mushli Cheese. <laughs> uh, get, get ready, folks. There might be a new character <laughs> appearing that sounds like all the other new yorker characters that I do. uh it's also had persimmon hill shiitake sauce tomato basil sauce oats black pepper pink salt and paprika andy uh-huh i loved this this i i really enjoyed this i let you try a bite of it and i, th- I think you liked it but i don't think you were as blown away as i was andy the was texture good to this is so lovely there's like with the carrot and i guess some of the bits of cheese you get a little more 
uh, chew texture in there. Are you looking at my Facebook right now, Andy? No, it's mine. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell a story in a second. <laughs> sure. Uh, you get you get a little texture in there, but super, super smooth to the point where I thought it was vegan. Like oh. I kept on looking back at the label, label because it reminded me so much of like a Malai Kofta ball at, um, at an Indian restaurant uh-huh. and kind of the smoothness of that faux meatball. Man, I really love this. I just thought it was packed with flavor. I would, I, I've still got half of it in there. My girlfriend would be very mad if I didn't bring her at least half of it home, sure. or else I would have just taken down the rest of that meatloaf. You already had some ice cream though, too. Big fan. Well, you get the ice cream first. Listen, I'm not judging. The amount of ice cream I have before a meal does not control how much meatloaf I can eat. I eat ice cream before every <laughs> meal, Andy. That's an aperitif. You must do it before we go out. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He's got his car cooler. He's got a car gallon. Oh, I, I mean, I don't mind if it gets a little melty. <laughs> it's still ice cream, if it, even if it's liquid. All right. I really like Culture Counter. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's there. They got a lot of produce and other you know, foods you can just pick up to cook with at your own home. It's neat. I, I will just go ahead and say I think it's a, a lot cooler than homegrown foods was. Ooh. Big so. burn to homegrown foods. It's not a burn. Food. It's not wow. a burn to homegrown foods. They just didn't have that much of a selection. Just lost a subscriber. Pff, yeah, Rob Bailey, I'm sure we subscribed to the show. No, me. <laughs> you're not. You're definitely not subscribed. <laughs> so today, Facebook told me that it was a special day, Dan, mm. celebrating... Five years of friendship with Dan Howell. <laughs> oh, wow. Which is kind of weird. Five years. Because we were definitely friends on Facebook before that. You must have left and come back or had multiple profiles or something. Yeah, I don't but know. I, I posted that. I, I reposted it. You know, it gives you the option to repost a little video montage. And I just... The, the caption is, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and... It, the video is very funny because it's just uh, most of it aren't pictures of us. It's like p- podcast, uh, like promotional <laughs> oh, yeah, artwork that I've done. Pictures of food. <laughs> yeah, stuff like yeah. that that we're both tagged uh-huh. in. So it's very confusing and strange. <laughs> it has a like, cheesy uh, royalty-free music playing in the background. And uh, your, your aunt, your aunt, who I've never met still. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say her name. Absolutely. Uh, added me on Facebook and I was like, sure, why not? Oh, yeah. And to She's be honest, a big fan of mine. I'm pretty like... Uh, stingy with who I am friends with on Facebook. Sure. I will only be friends with people that I know and have an active relationship with or people that I, you know, from my past that I still want to be in communication with. Like, I think I have like, you know, 200 and something friends, whereas most people I know my age are up to like 800 or a thousand. I prune them. That's too many friends. It's a lot. But anyway, your, uh, your, your aunt says, you have a good friend there, Andy. <laughs> and I, I can't help but agree. Oh, thank you <laughs> to my aunt, who I always knew would bring me a present pretty much any time I saw her. That's she, great. she would bring me the Disney movies and the clam shell cases, Andy. You know, whenever you got that uh, culture counter frittata, you didn't just get that frittata. Oh, did I not? Came with some potatoes. Oh, yeah, boy, did it, Andy. I, I really uh, like the potatoes so much so that I ate all of them before uh, uh-huh. even opening my notes app. Put those fingies in there. <laughs> I'd say medium-sized chunks, a little bit of a reddish hue. No, definitely not going to go cut this back into mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when we were still talking about Culture mm-hmm. Counter. I believe that reddish <laughs> hue might be between, because these are sweet potatoes. Andy. Oh! 
<laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That's going to have to do with They the didn't really year. taste like sweet potatoes. It tastes like regular potatoes to me. That's interesting. I don't know. Huh. I, th- I think I got the sweet potato taste. Cool. That little crunch to the edges, just the very edges, mm-hmm. but they were mostly soft. Not much seasoning, just a little savory, maybe a little sweet. I even put that in there. Sure. <laughs> yep. Maybe a little sweet. <laughs> Definitely had some kind of subtle seasoning. There was an aftertaste to them that I really liked, too. It lingered. Hmm. Really good. Wish there had been more of them. There were like seven yeah. little pieces. And also like some sliced just red bell pepper Dude. with it, which was Buddy, really nice. Yes. My favorite part of the whole meal. <laughs> Loved those red peppers. I thought they were so good. Yeah. Uh, they're fresh. Like how often are you getting actual fresh peppers at a restaurant? Uh, these were so good. They had so much flavor. None of the flavor been frozen out. Like I feel whenever you get fresh veggies, which you get a lot, especially if you're getting like fajitas at a Mexican restaurant or something mm-hmm. like that. That stuff's not cut fresh. It's yep. always coming prepackaged. Kept imagining eating some fajitas made with those peppers that had clearly never been frozen and probably just been, been like cut by hand that morning mm. or a couple of days before or whatever. I could have eaten like a whole bag of those on their own. Yeah, they were really they good. They were really tasty. So... Once again, culture counter good. (laughs) (laughs) So that wraps up the uh, restaurant portion of the show. Sure does, Andy. Now it's time for the the part that everybody's been waiting for. Uh huh. Andy, what you been eating with your eyes and ears? Who? Not as much as normal, really. Um, We were talking a little bit before the mics went on, but I started working on music stuff again. Just uh, keep. Keep writing songs. Didn't mean to. Was pretty sure I was done with that. And not not complaining about it, but not that many people heard the album and like 200 hours went into it. I was thinking about this the other day, Dan. I did the math and, you know, we do. I'm not going to reveal the numbers specifically, but like, let's say I put 15 hours into an episode of the show. Like it generates way, way, way more, like exponentially more entertainment than that. I put like 200 hours into that album if not more, mm-hmm. if you count the time it took to write the songs and stuff. That's just like the production. And, you know, uh, maybe 50 people listen to it, something like that. And I'm really proud of it. I think it's good. And I'm not, this isn't a complaint per se. But I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this again. You know, just it took so much time. And I remembered, oh, right. I knew this the whole time yeah. and did it anyway and really enjoyed it. And then when I sat down with a guitar the other night, it was the first time I'd well, it's not. I, I've played for fun since then. But it's the first time I had sat down with nothing specific to play and just wrote two songs in a night. Yeah. And they were good. You know, I know when they're bad. I know when they're good. These were two really good ones. And I wrote another one after that. So I'm back, Dan. I'm like I'm like John Wick. Wow. <laughs> I was gone for two weeks, though. <laughs> yeah. Not that long. I guess you could say <laughs> I'm back. Uh-huh. <laughs> two writing songs uh-huh. again. Yeah. So now I've written more new songs for whatever project comes next than I did for that album that I made. Because all those songs, the two of the songs were from this year and the rest were from either two years prior or much further oh, back really? than that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, uh, kind of a cobbled together from old old stuff. That made sense, you know, there was, it was curated. There was like five or six other songs that weren't going to make it. But anyway, I'm excited about that. And that has been primarily how I've been spending my time the last couple of weeks is just playing those new songs over and over and over, getting them down, you know, ironing out the edges, figuring out the structure, changing little things here and there, just kind of hammering them into whatever they're going to wind up being so that I can record them for whatever project I make next for, you know, just you and Tim and (laughs) my parents and whoever else cares about it. (laughs) You ever going to start a new band? 
Is there, or is it just gonna stay under the Sister City moniker? I don't even like that name. I don't like the name. Yeah, you totally. I, I mean, mean, this would have been a good chance with the most recent album just to uh, nah, change just it entirely thematically after the hiatus. I mean, there's so many like direct references to things that I talked about in songs from the Sister City sure. albums that it just didn't make any sense. And also, I've already, you know, the minimal social media presence that I have is already mm. under the Sister City yep. name, so I'll probably just stick with it because. Who cares? It's not like I'm going to get famous doing this or anything. So why not just keep it the thing it's already been? I don't hate the name. I hate how generic the name is. I like the way it sounds. I like the ideas behind it. It's just very generic. And there's two other bands with that name, too. But anyway, I didn't mean to start talking about that genuinely. But that's all to say that I haven't like been consuming a whole lot of media. Um, I've been playing video games a lot. And that's been a lot of fun. Never um, heard of them. <laughs> right. I get, I'm pretty much done with Animal Crossing. I'll go in. I'll check my mail. Sure. I'll check the store. You know, I'll buy whatever's new that I don't have, and I'll do nothing with it. I've just got millions of bells now, so uh-huh. i got to spend that money somehow. I, I'm not even weeding. I'm just letting the weeds grow. Oh, so man. Your, your island rating is going to plummet, Andy. It's never been good. I found out you have to cut your trees down. To get yeah, a high island yeah, you rating. Can't ha- I think you have to have like under 200 trees or something like that. I want the tree. I like the trees. I know. Yeah. I want them. They, they don't want cool. you to have that lost forest feel to it. And of course, you got to have the resources from the trees to build stuff. Wow. This game is, it's the most annoying game in the world. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, so Nintendo had a summer sale a couple weeks ago and I bought three games, wow. Dan. Look, it coincided. I just had sure. a paycheck, whatever. Uh, I got Diablo 3, which is Love an eight-year-old game. Mm-hmm. You played that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Diablo 2 is like one of my top three games of all time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm playing Diablo 3. I mean, you're just hitting the A button over and over, mm-hmm. killing stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's fun. Managing that inventory, mm-hmm. checking out your loot. Yep. Good stuff. It's really, really fun. Really fun. I'm I'm doing it right now. I'm showing Infinitely Dan, fun. Like oh, yeah. Pressing that is the A exact, that's exactly how you play Diablo. Occasionally Z. Yep. RZ. It's fantastic. It's I, really I love really it fun. so much. <laughs> it's really like... I'm not I'm not aggressive. I like aggressive music and I write aggressive music, sure. but I'm not a very aggressive person. But it's simulated aggression and something about it is almost it's like borderline cathartic yeah. to like hit a demon and have it like explode. Ooh. <laughs> I should I should maybe pick that up. We we could have done a little co op, Andy. That sounds oh, like fun. Yeah. We I mean it's on sale a lot. I think I even I paid more for it than I had seen it on sale for sure. in the past. So if you're up for it, we should do it. Or any listeners playing Diablo 3. Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, please play with me. Okay, so I also got Super Mario Odyssey, mm. which was beautiful. Just a wonderful game. And I realize this is like three years, two years outdated or whatever. But I just the design, like on a design level, this game, it, it was like experiencing a painting at an art museum. Just um, have you played it? You haven't played it. I haven't. But it has these moments where you can go through a tube and then you you go into a wall and it becomes a 2d side scrolling like old school mario game so you're you're playing the 2d 2d game within the 3d world of the game and it's all these puzzles and i I was a little bit on the fence about it dan and the whole conceit of the game is that you you throw a hat oh yeah he throws his yeah cappy you throw your hat and then it can you take control of some other creature and it's mario playing kirby yep yes it is very much like that and the first one that you take control of is a dinosaur. And suddenly it's like Mario control system, you know, but you're a giant dinosaur oh, stomping awesome. around Mario world. And it's like, oh, this game is genius. Like, wow. it's so good. The puzzles are great. The bosses are great. I beat this game in three sittings. Wow. It was about 11 hours total. I mean, I, I got 
I don't have sure. anything going yeah, on. No, man. I get it. Yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> and I got Super Mario Brothers U, which is just endlessly frustrating. That one's more of a mm-hmm. figurative and literal headache. Yeah, it's fun, but a little, little punishing. Yeah, and some stuff. Yeah. It's 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 a challenge. And I also got Doom. I shouldn't waste the money on that. It's not any fun. I haven't had fun playing that at all. Yeah, I also wasted money on Doom. Yeah. Just not not my type of game. No. Uh, picked it up a while ago. I I played Doom. With my my old friend Chris Burroughs in elementary school, I would go to his house and have to call my my parents to come pick me up because I was so scared of Doom, the old version, <laughs> like ninety five. This was in nineteen ninety five. Absolutely. Anyway, go Some ahead. Some spooky stuff in there. What, what you know right now? I got other stuff to talk about, but you you go ahead with non video gamer whatever. Well, I was gonna say right now on on the Switch, uh, both Pandemic and Catan are mm. only nine ninety nine. So some fun online board games there for our listeners, Andy. What I've been eating <laughs> with my eyes and ears with my eyes and keeping it pretty simple, Andy. Uh, the old girlfriend and I started watching. Uh, we restarted the series uh, 30 Rock just a few mm. days before right. Tina Fey pulled <laughs> all five of the uh, episodes featuring blackface, right. which I mean, you know, truly, if they're going to pull all the racially insensitive thing from 30 Rock, there's not going to be a whole lot of it left, uh-huh. uh, but it is one of the funniest shows ever. Tina Fey is uh, in insanely good joke writer and uh she packs so many jokes into her shows it's insane not really here to talk about it 30 rock though so we've also been watching peep show do you ever watch peep show no i haven't but the people have been talking about that no relating to 30 rock i i also saw this thread on the internet i think the same thing that you're talking about peep show is one that's always been recommended to me one just a comedy that i think is held in pretty high regard uh and uh it's fantastic also some pretty offensive things happening particularly in the early parts of the series and probably in the rest of it we haven't gotten very far is it is it a british sketch show it is a british sitcom okay. you know just six episode series i think nine series seasons whatever uh-huh and uh yeah very very funny a good amount of it is in the first they do this thing where they switch to first person a lot and uh uh have the inner thoughts of the first person oh okay which is it's good it can be a fun funny device yeah it's very funny device in this something that i had heard about it before and almost basically turned me off to the idea of watching it we should try to do some funny stuff it's on the someday. show. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think someday. Uh, I think if if we watch enough comedy and talk about watching the comedy, I think eventually one of us might become funny. <laughs> and other than that, been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance. Just been pile driving that show. It's, it's all we can bring ourselves to watch. Just uh, some of the schlockiest reality television there is. Uh, just really gotten into the art of reality TV and, and like the beautiful things that just those like camera people and editors can do yeah. like the insane well, it, comedic moments. Reality TV is it becomes something different once you accept that it is not reality. It's sure. in fact written entertainment just like every other uh, sitcom or drama that you watch. It's the same thing and uh, it's it's can almost be an art form. This one strikes the perfect balance between real life crazy people and uh produced comedy like it it, it yeah. really i i think even if the producers weren't working so hard these situations that these people are in are 
pretty wild. Yeah. And uh, the little touch that the producers and the editors put on it is just mm, chef's kiss, Andy. I have been watching the show This May Destroy You on HBO. Ooh, I've heard that's good. Awesome. Yeah. It's just, uh, I believe she's a British woman who, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to say the premise and it's, it's not even a light show, but it's very watchable and uh, it's, it's good and it's fun, but it's about a woman who gets drugged and is trying to remember the night that she doesn't, a night, a parting mm-hmm. that she doesn't remember. That's the I premise don't know of the her show. name, but she's from Chewing Gum. Yes. It's the most recently, her, yeah. recent thing that she was on, but, uh, on Netflix. That, that's fantastic. I'm loving watching that. That's yeah. three episodes in right now. And each of the episodes has been better than the last. Did you it's watch really good. Betty's? No, I haven't watched it. Rules. Oh, Betty. Betty. Yes, I watched the first them. episode yeah. of Betty, but then I realized that it's like a pseudo sequel to a movie that really? I haven't watched. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. well I, you probably don't need to see it. Uh, it, it works on its own really okay. well. It's really, really good. Cool. I, I, I like a lot of the content that uh, HBO is getting out there right now. I'm a big fan of uh, Leslie Arfin. She co-created mm-hmm. that show Love. I know she worked on Betty. Moshe Kasher so. is like a consulting oh, cool. producer on That's it, awesome. too. Just getting really... Um, <laughs> I also watched uh, Normal People on Hulu, which is a show about uh, these just excruciatingly hot mm-hmm. Irish kids. They're, I mean, they're not kids. They, they start in their senior year or last year of high school, and then it follows them to the next four or five years of life. The boys, the boys from a poor family, mm-hmm. his, his mom is the, she's the, uh, she cleans the house of this, this rich family, and uh, he, he, he and the daughter of the, the, the rich family fall in love. And um, but they just they just have a hard. There's just a couple kids having a hard time making it work, Dan. Mm-hmm. And they're so hot, mm-hmm. and the music's good, and the lighting's all gauzy, and the camera moves real slow, and you just feel so bad for them. They can't just like tell each other how they feel, and it's so good. That's awesome. Let, let's go ahead and hear a clip from it. <laughs> Boy, you you sure are hot, but but alas, your family's rich, and me ma works. <laughs> For for ye ma. Oh, it's okay. That's fine. We we're both hot together. We can be together. <laughs> then an MGMT song plays. Yeah. I don't think that's a uh, real. I don't think that's one of the songs that's in there. <laughs> but but the rest of the clip was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I cut that in. That was actually my voice. Yeah, check out normal people on HBO. <laughs> no, I really it's on, on Hulu. Hulu but me. Uh, it's really good. I'm like it, I don't know. Sometimes I watch stuff as a 34-year-old man and be like, should should I like this that much? And I don't really care. It's great. It's sure. really good. It's all, you know, typically written by 34-year-old yeah, men. True. Too, or so, if uh, not people that yeah. are older than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you been listening to with your eating eyes and ears? You know, a lot of my listening time uh, was pretty well devoted to our last week's playlist. Um, but other than that, been getting into a lot of like a uh, lot of metal, Andy, a lot of sludge and doom metal, some slower uh, pace stuff, mm. uh, good reading stuff. Listen to a lot of Earth. Uh, I don't know if you've gotten to Earth very much. You know, they make those giant walls of static noise. Yeah. Uh, Twenty minute distortion songs put one of those in the next playlist well here's the thing andy apparently in the 2000s he just turned the distortion off and he played nice clean guitars but still for like 16 minutes at a time with a very basic uh drum 
underneath huh. it. I, and I love it. I like it. It uh, it sounds like the uh, spookiest parts of like a Godspeed You Black Emperor song. Huh. Just no words at all. No kidding. Absolutely fantastic for reading. Really been enjoying reading uh, to some of the band Earths. What are you reading? Uh, I've been reading uh, People's History of the United States, Howard Zinn. Uh, oh, nice. I had that on my bookshelf for a long time. Figured this would be a nice time to uh, read about, you know, all the atrocities that uh, d- d- uh, have been committed in the name of, like, imperialism and capitalism and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the book's real good. The Those albums are really good. And then just today, Andy, after I had been on this kind of sludgy, uh, big guitar metal kick... Well, not today. The other day, Hum mm. released a brand new album and uh, their first release in 22 years and yeah. just kind of released it uh, without announcing it. And I was listening to it in the car on the way here and it rips. It's so good. I really like it. I'm a big fan of that one single Hum song. It was the ah. only song I had heard by them, but I throw it on all the time. Love those big guitars. Check out the one that goes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Andy. I think that that's probably a more uh, like Blake's lane of music. Uh, Whenever you want to get into music sure. that sounds like that, you want to talk to Blake. I have been listening to two albums that were my most anticipated albums of the year. Uh, one is Corky, which is Ian McKay's album with, I believe his name is Joe Lally. And I'm sorry, I cannot remember the name of the woman who's in the band. She was also in the band Evens with Ian McKay. Mm-hmm. Ian McKay, of course. Was his, in, his spouse. Right. Yeah. Or partner. They, yeah. they were in Fugazi. Or Ian and Joe were in Fugazi. And Ian, of course, was in Minor Threat before that. So Legendary Punk. It's really good. It's just that one's one that I know. It's just like a thing that's for me. So that's not one sure. that I'm going to like say, everybody got to go listen to that. I almost put a quirky song on the playlist. It was like, it's not even summary. Like this is, this is just yeah. a thing for me. But man, uh, my number one album of the year anticipated album of the year was definitely uh that new new phoebe ridgers album mm. punisher um she was i mean she's in boy genius who i've talked about on the show before i'm pretty sure i've just talked about phoebe herself on the show before that boy genius album was my favorite album of the year that it came out that was her band with lucy dacus and uh julian baker mm-hmm. this is her second full-length album she did by herself and um for a long for for years, I've done the bit where I think Kendrick Lamar should be poet laureate. I I, I do believe that. Sure. Um, I think he and Phoebe Bridgers should share it now. That's that's what I think now. <laughs> they split it. Uh huh. I mean, she's just the best. She's just I just on a sheer songwriting level, structurally, and as far as expressing what she's trying to express and having the music match the words and everything. Yeah. Um, to say she's a genius doesn't really like. It, it's like too general. Like what she's doing is so special that I don't know that there's many people doing anything even. You say girls can't be geniuses. <sighs> That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm saying that what she's doing is is something more than that. It's like a lot more special than that to me. You know, if there's ten thousand geniuses, she's like whatever the next level is. There's only like <laughs> ten people like that who ever lived. I think she gets into the like a uh, Mensa VIP lounge. Yeah, I mean, yes, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> The Mensa VIP lounge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's yeah. Mensa VIP material. Uh, I just you can just she's one of the a lot of lyrics you can't read and think that they're good. She's a person whose lyrics you can read and be like, wow, that's incredible. But they're also kind of like casual. And the way she delivers a lot of those li- lyrics are just kind of like tossed off. It's just a thing that she thought of, which is another skill in and of itself. She's usually very literal. 
you know, and it's hard to be both like she's not showy, but the there she uses imagery and it's really poetic and expressive, but it's also very literal. She's never using like coded language or anything like that. It's sure. all very plain spoken. Um, and the album's just the, the sound is just beautiful. The people that she works with to arrange the songs are, I don't know, maybe they're maybe they're part of the genius too, but. So this this album is uh, heartbreaking. I mean, her first album is too. Mm-hmm. And part of the deal with her is she's like one of the funniest people online imaginable. Her screen name is Fake Nudes, <laughs> which is like <laughs> hilarious yeah. to be a star and have that be your like Instagram <laughs> handle. But so a lot of the songs on this album, and it turns out um, a couple of the songs from the Boy Genius album about this breakup that she had with the drummer in her band. Oh, really? And so they're still playing together. And like they wrote this breakup song on the album together called I See You. She collaborates with other people sure. to write. And I just like listen to that song and just marvel at it. Like I, I can both appreciate it as, you know, the work of art that it is and also like be full, fully present and be like tearing up listening to it too, you know. It's got this line about, you know, whenever you get to know somebody so well, it's like, I don't know, you you may or may not have experienced it, but I know I have where you've like gotten to know somebody too well, you know, and like the line is like, if you're a work of art, I'm standing too close. I can see the brush strokes. Wow. Like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, no hits. one has said that any better than that yeah, ever. It's really good. You know, and it's it's three lines. It's like 15 words and it expresses this thing that if, if it isn't universal, then it's like a very common experience, I think. And just and she's out there in interviews speaking openly about this too, just being like totally emotionally naked for lack of a better way to explain it. She's like, this is what the song is about. This is what I was going through. And like, I really like that a lot because there's always, I'm deep in the weeds here, people listening. And I'm sorry. Right. I like talking about this. You're an hour and a half in. Yeah. If so you feel made free it to this turn far. It it's yeah, it, it's this for the rest of the episode. Yeah. So, a lot of times you'll hear this songwriters will talk about this or critics will talk about this idea that once a songwriter puts a song into the world that is no longer theirs and it means it, what it, it means something different to every person who hears sure. it. And I don't like that very much um, because I think when I connect with the most with an artist is that when they've been open about what the song's about or it's more explicit and personal, like I kind of a believer in like, there's like a universality in specificity, you know? Sure. Right. You can have like a big U2 chorus with like a sentiment that everybody's felt, but I want like, this is the exact day that this thing happened. And this was this, I was by this type of tree. I don't know. That makes it more relatable, relatable and more easily for me to connect with. Anyway, she is very much a, this is exactly what this song was about kind of person. And she gives you like all of the extra textual stuff to go with the song. So there's just this whole world outside of the song. But at the same time, you don't need any of it for the song to be good. Sure. If any of this is making any sense, I'm way too in my head about all this. And I also don't care. You know, I've, I've been listening to a lot of Elliot Smith re- oh, lately. Such a great reference point. It's like that's a perfect reference point for what I'm talking about. You'd say that's pretty yes. similar. I listened to about half of Phoebe's album, but I, mm. I wasn't. I was. Oh, yeah. working at the time so I, I didn't get a good feel for it phoebe mentions him a lot sure like they are they have a lot in common as far as their approach to songwriting 
Oh, that's such a great reference Love point. Elliot Smith. Yeah, me too. Oh, Love yeah. Elliot Smith. Oh, yeah. I, I actually just for the first time listened to EXO and Figure Eight all the way through, like just recently. Had Dude. never finished them before, and they're just oh, so yeah. something about them like put me off. Whenever I was I I was just really into like either or and his self titled album and like the rawness of those, and then it gets more produced and like going back now and listening to them, they're just they rule. Sorry oh. to cut you off. No, from, no, 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 no. You you. You helped explain what I was trying to convey, not doing a great job of conveying. I love Elliot Smith as well. Mm. And I just liked him when, his, when he was younger. And now I feel like I'm going to have to go back and have another Elliot Smith phase, which is not, yeah. it's not a mentally healthy phase. No, no it's, it's not great. <laughs> well, it's, it's strange, but it just depends on kind of how much you engage with it because on a lot of levels, it's very poppy, beautiful music. Uh-huh. And it's only if you like dig a little below that, that you realize it's like about suffering and abuse and yes. heroin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love this Phoebe Bridges album. I mean, I probably listen to it a dozen times at this point, which is not that many as far as how many I'm going to listen to it in my life. And I'm sure it will continue to as corny as it sounds, reveal it to me, reveal itself sure. to me even more over time. But, uh, one of the songs that I wrote, I hate saying like I was inspired by this mm-hmm. other person, but like <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try to write a song with as plain of language as I possibly can and convey what I'm, ex- what I'm feeling uh, in my life right now. And uh, I, I, the song that I tacked on to the end of that tower club episode is that song. It doesn't sound anything like a Phoebe Bridger song. And I wasn't trying to sound like that. It's like, okay, can I be as, as clear as I possibly can and as literal as I possibly can, but what I want to write about and I was doing that because of listening to her all the time. Anyway, mm, nice. I love I love her music so much. She's just fantastic. Her first album's so good. Also, yeah, I really enjoyed what I heard of the record. It, it doesn't just it really doesn't strike me as sure. like uh, an artist that I would normally listen to. But I really loved it. the The production is just beautiful, and some some things she's like running her vocals through effects on mm-hmm. certain songs that I like really expressed that emotion and kind of the the Kanye auto tune way, sure. but a different way. Like she's, she's doing it freshly, not, not in that way that's yeah. been done for 15 years yeah. now. It's, it's, some it's processing, really but it's not like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, there's auto tune yeah. on literally every single album yeah. that any of us listen to that's made in the last 15 years, but there's no like blatant auto tune in this album. I don't want to give people that idea. But. I just love when, when you, you take a chance on a, putting an effect on a vocal to mm-hmm. add, add a little extra emotion to it all uh, a lot of parts of like frank ocean's sure. blonde really yeah. really some beautiful stuff on there that he does with that anyway thanks for bearing with us if you're still with us hour and a half hope you got to work and back Whew. hope you got those all those dishes done hope you got your kid fed <laughs> man what a great you got baby. your oil changed <laughs> Yeah, what do you think people normally are doing while they're listening to the show? I don't know. Probably crying. <laughs> Plugging their cry. ears. Yeah. <laughs> They've just got it on. Now, people, I know people, we got a lot of commuters to listen. Um, I was going to, doing dishes is the thing that I always sure. jump to. I mean, I I do, I listen to podcasts I while I'm yeah. doing dishes, but I, I listen to it while I'm playing Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing with video games for me. It's just a thing to do while I'm oh, listening yeah. to podcasts. Great. You know? Fantastic. Anyway, Dan, anything else you want to talk about? Um, No, I think it's about time we wrap it up. I didn't have anything else planned. I mean, bring, bring. Oh, boy. Bring, bring. Bring, bring. That's the end. Bye. Does <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead. Do it. 
bring, bring. Andy, it looks like we're getting a phone call here. I'm uh, picking up the phone. Click. Answer this. Thank you for so expediously answering the phone, Andy. Uh, who? Hello? Hey, guys. Wait, who is that? Uh, is, is me, the dog from the two hotties poster. <laughs> finally, I, I yeah. left you all these messages. Yeah. And you finally called back right at the end of this episode record. Yeah, it's me, Mr. Chompers from the Mr. From the Chompers. Poster. Yeah, I, uh, I noticed your messages. Uh, heard that you had been talking about me on the show. And I, 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 I think I'd like to come on for one of the mainline episodes. You would? Yeah. Yeah, I oh, think so. That can probably be arranged. Anything specific? I guess we don't want to blow what you want to talk about. Anything different you'd like to talk about on this episode? Yeah, you know, I just want to clear Chompers. my name. I just want to get it out there that, uh, that uh, you know, I, I, I didn't have nothing to do with the two hotties complex. And I, I actually got a lot of things going on. And So you wouldn't consider yourself an insane clown puppy? What? I, I, I actually... I I might not be free for the show after all. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Chompers, please. Uh, yeah, I I I, I think I gotta go. Bye, y'all. Wow, click. <laughs> he got two clicks. <laughs> okay, Andy, well, Mr. You Chompers have said that thing about an insane clown puppy. I it think wasn't that, bad. I think that made him really mad. It was okay. Well, he seemed to scurry off pretty quickly after <laughs> you said it. Well, he he did scurry off. <laughs> Into I, can, the, I can hear his little nails hitting the, <laughs> the kitchen tile. I guess we maybe he won't come back now then. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll just see. Mr. Chompers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for sticking with us. And you know what? If you're still listening, we'd really appreciate it. If you told your friends about our show, mm-hmm. if you think they'd like it, that'd be cool. We haven't done that in a while. Try to get more people to listen. Yeah. So You know, hopefully if you're one of our Tower Club episodes, you're already... Tower Club listeners, you're, you're already in deep. Good God, I cut it.